are now listening to Wisdom from North podcast with me, Jannike Einias. Here I will explore topics such as metaphysics, spirituality, personal growth, and in general, how we can create good lives for ourselves. My intention is to find some answers, but perhaps more importantly, finding new questions to ask, because there is always something new to discover in this wonderful universe that we live in. In Wisdom from North, we're passionate about helping you take your spiritual growth to that next level. That's why we are collaborating with some amazing spiritual teachers and partners who offer free webinars and classes. Go to wisdomfromnorth.com forward slash free. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the guests and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of Wisdom from North or any entities they may represent. Now, please enjoy the episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, Melissa. A warm welcome to the show. Hello, Yannicka. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. I've been looking very much forward to this. This is my first interview in 2024, and it was great to start with you because I've listened to your podcast for a long time, I think like half a year or something, and you have an amazing show. You have interviewed a lot of the same people as I have and many that I haven't, so I'm really inspired by your show. And then I get really curious you know, about your background, why you started this, why you're so passionate about putting out all these interviews. I think you're putting out like three or four each week, which is pretty amazing, right? And I know that there is a story behind it and that you've also had some pre-birth memories and some mm-hmm. near-death-like experience yourself which I assume you know very much about because you've also interviewed so many people who've had these experiences. So you had, after I did some research, you had a spiritual awakening at 29, but what happened before that? Mm -hmm. Yes, I love to share. And first I want to say that I'm also so inspired by your work. And this is also my first interview of the year. And so it's just perfect. (laughs) But I love what you have going on with your podcast and your membership. But to answer your question, would you like me to start with my pre-birth memories or would you like me to start with my human life? Right. Well, let's start with a pre-birth memory. Okay. So this, I always struggle with putting this into words. So I'll, I'll say that as a disclaimer ahead of time that nothing that I can say will adequately portray this. These memories occurred outside of time and space and outside of the whole human experience as we understand things. And it's extremely difficult to find language because for instance, time is completely different. Um, The senses, I didn't have my five senses in these experiences. It was a deeper experiencing and a knowing. But with 30 plus years to 
uh, reflect and think about what's the best way to describe these. I've been able to put some sort of language to it. So I will do my best <laughs> to, with the understanding also, I didn't even know what a pre-birth memory was or that I had them until I was in my late 20s and I ran into other people who had similar experiences. So for my entire life from the time I was born, basically, and I have memories going way, way back, even to the time when I was sleeping in cribs. And I, so I remember when I was very young, having these memories of another place. Many of these memories I suppressed as I grew into early childhood and learned to talk and reason and the higher brain functions coming online. And I suppressed a lot of these memories and some of them came back to me later in adulthood. And I remembered knowing them when I was very young, but there's others that I've never forgotten that I've remembered for my entire life. One of them was a glimpse of planning my earthly life. The reason why I think this one stuck with me is because when I was little, my mom used to tell me that my hair color was auburn red. And she would say, you have the hair color of the oak trees and the acorns in the autumn. And so that meant a lot to me that my mom is just a special thing she would say to me. And so it triggered my memory that, yeah, I asked for this hair color. I remember that when I was planning my life, and I don't remember most of the details of that planning process, but I remember asking for red hair. And the reason I asked for red hair is because I thought that I was going to need a reminder to help me stay on track with my purpose. And the color red was going to give me a reminder of the passion and the unconditional love that I came here to develop in this lifetime. Aside from that, the strongest pre-birth memory that I've had that has never left me is of what I now refer to as the light. And this is impossible to put into words it's not like I saw a physical light. I didn't see anything because I didn't have the sense of sight. It was an, a beingness and an experience that precedes anything to do with the physical body and the five senses. The main thing that I remember about it is the bliss that I felt. And this bliss haunted me when I came into the physical body and I could not experience it again. I couldn't experience it here. I couldn't connect with it here. But if I could describe what this experience was like in human language, th the closest I can come is to say that it was a universe-sized hurricane of light and unconditional love. It was explosive power and all-consuming love to the point that we can't even comprehend. It was like love so powerful that it's almost like our physical form couldn't handle it, couldn't, it, it would completely consume us. And I, I remember being like in front of this light, being like in a dark, peaceful place and being in front of the light and just just soaking in its beauty, like the love and the bliss and the safety that was just radiating off of it. And it was like a, uh, a magnetic force field of love, but it was also a presence. And I understood it as the source and creator of the entire universe. And if I had to describe it, I would say that it was made up of trillions and trillions of smaller lights. Um, and it looked like it was one giant being that was made up of many smaller beings that were all of one mind and moving in unison. And so the light would move and the little lights would sparkle and move. And if they got close to you, you could just feel the joy and the bliss coming off of them. And then it was as if I moved into the light and I experienced it from a whole other perspective. It's like within the light, there was, it just got brighter and brighter until there was like this sun within the light. And it was the source of all that is. And it was this really intense presence of very personal love. It felt like 
a mother's womb, like the womb of the entire universe. And it's, it really defies language. I really struggle with language here, but it was like music and math and love and peace and bliss and eternal safety and security and comfort multiplied by a million. And so I remember having this experience and then I brought that into my physical life with me. And I really wondered as a young child, what is this and why can't I feel it and what happened to it? Um, and so I'll, I'll stop with that one there because I can lead into my story of what happened in my religious upbringing if you want me to. But a couple of the other pre-birth memories that have since come back to me is I remember being in a bright realm right before I came into this life. And I remember looking down on the earth. It was um, down into my right. And I was up in this like bright heavenly place. And there was another being with me who I now understand was probably one of my angels or my guides over here. I was an orb of light and this being was a larger orb of light. And I remember that I was getting ready to go down and enter into this physical lifetime. And I was so excited. <laughs> and I remember just feeling like a child, like the innocence and the joy and the freedom and something that I've never experienced here in this lifetime is the feeling of wholeness and innocence. Like I was perfect. I had never done anything wrong. I didn't have any guilt or any shame or any worries about disappointing anyone or making a mistake. I knew that I was going to make mistakes in my physical life. And I knew that that's part of the deal. That's what we come here to experience is imperfection. But from that perspective, it's really hard to anticipate what that's actually going to feel like and be like. I do remember that there were a couple of challenges that I had chosen to experience with regards to my physical health. I don't remember what they were, but I do have suspicions now that I've actually experienced some things that I think I, I know what those challenges were. I think one of them relates to a neurological disorder I have that causes my breathing rate to be slower than normal and causes me some issues. And then another one is um, some, neuro, some neurodivergent issues that I have going on that has caused me some social anxiety and a number of other challenges in my life. But at the time, I was so excited to experience these things. And I really thought, I'm going to go down there and I'm just going to do this. And it's and I knew that I was going to make mistakes and that it wasn't going to be easy. But from that perspective, I just thought I'm going to nail this and I'm going to do it so well. And it's going to be so much fun and so awesome and so exciting. And I just couldn't wait to get started. So I have that glimpse of a memory. And the final one, which I can mention is I remember and I don't know um, where this was in time in relation to when this happened, or if there is even a when, but I just have a memory of being in a realm of light. And when I was a really young child, I thought of this as the garden of light. And it's where I was there with other souls. And we all felt again, like children, like young, innocent, completely joyful souls who had never known guilt or disappointment or anything like that. And I remember there was a brilliant being of light who I've called Jesus. And I was raised in the Christian faith. So perhaps I just put that name to it as a child. But it, he it was a male being and he was completely made of light and joy and innocence. And he would come and visit us there and teach us things. And I remember him teaching us things about the earth, about how the angels um, don't use violence and don't, because sometimes we picture angels carrying swords and being God's arm, like God's soldiers or whatever, and fighting demons and fighting evil. And he was teaching us that's not actually what they do. They use love. They use healing. Their power is love and healing. And their job is to heal the world and to heal relationships and to heal people physically, mentally, and emotionally. And so 
that's one thing that I remember being taught in that realm of light. Everything there was made like of waves of light. And there wasn't really separation between beings and objects. So beings would be like more concentrated waves of light, but those all of our light would flow into each other and into the air. Not that there was air there, but into the realms around us. And I could feel the light within me and it was joy and innocence were the two predominant emotions that I remember. So that's a summary of the pre-birth memories that I can remember now and that I can put into words somewhat easily. Thank you for sharing. That's uh, that's a lot. Like you remember a lot. And I, I get many questions and I, and I just want to jump into some of them um, and we could speak more about uh, mm -hmm. your human life <laughs> later on. Because uh, I've always been curious about who we are on the other side. So did you sort of feel yourself as an individual soul? It's like I am me. Uh, and now I'm going to be Melissa, like this character of Melissa. Like I'm curious about that. Like who were you who were looking down at this earth or being in this garden as this light? Yes, I definitely experienced myself as an a presence. I don't maybe not an individual in the sense that we experience it in this world because i was not attached to any story or any character like no story about who i am like in this world we i would say i'm a mother i'm a human i'm a female um this this is my likes and my dislikes and my passion and my purpose there i didn't have any of that i was and simply no personality either I would say there was probably a, yeah, there was some of a personality, but it wasn't, there was no attachment. My personality wasn't, how do I describe this? So let's say that here in this life, one of my personality traits might be, um, trying to think of a good example, let's say, I tend to struggle with anxiety here. So let's just say part of my personality is a tendency towards anxiety. Maybe that's not a good example because that's not something you would have on the other side. But, and so I might have an identity wrapped around that. Like I'm an anxious person. And because of that, I'm afraid to drive on the highway or I'm afraid in social situations or, and this is part of who I am. So on the, in that pre-birth state, I might have qualities to my personality, but there was no identity wrapped around it. Like, I am this, and because of that, I will do this or act in this way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's quite interesting. <laughs> so uh, with your experience, and now having interviewed so many others about pre-birth experiences, because I know it, it seems like you focus on that a lot on your channel. Where would you put, like, how would you make sense of, of sort of uh, a larger picture here of uh, how we plan our lives, how detail we plan our lives? Like, do you feel like your experience are similar to other people's experience or is it unique? And how does it sort of, what does it tell you about creation? <laughs> mm. Yes. As far as the pre-birth experiences, I, a lot of people I've talked to have a more in-depth memory of actually planning their lives and working with their guides than I do. I just have a brief glimpse of that. But what I can say, like in that glimpse, there's, I remember like a lot of knowing about who, what was going to happen and why. What I can say is that I remember knowing that, first of all, everything is joy and bliss and perfection, and we are eternally safe and secure and loved at all times. And these lives that we're living are something that we choose to do with joy and there is, in my memory and in my experience, there's definitely an element of learning. I know some near-death experiencers will say that we're perfect and there's nothing for us to learn, which is also true. And I don't, 
have enough of a broad scope of memory to know to remember why we're doing this in the first place but i do know that it is all chosen with joy it's about learning and the learning <laughs> this might be hard to believe from this side of things but from that perspective it's all very gentle it's all freely chosen it's all perfectly guided and all working out to perfection and it's, so it's like this is a really valuable experience where we get to have some challenges we get to do it for fun and for the joy of doing it and we get to learn along the way and develop our spirits so that's what i remember about it very interesting uh and i know that you know you've started your youtube channel i think you've been doing it for three years and uh i would assume when you have memories like that that you you carry a lot of this love with you and you received some answers and i've come from a totally other place like i was desperate after some proof that there was things on the other side and i loved learning about it i loved speaking about it so it was really uh coming from a place where i just needed answers that i started the channel and i felt very lost and i felt it was so healing mm -hmm. uh but i assume that there's a story there in your human life that brought you to your work today yeah that's such a good question and i would say that i feel like my journey is more similar to yours in the sense that you would think having these memories, like you said, that I would bring more of this love with me, but that wasn't necessarily my experience. I didn't understand what they were, and I was very shocked by the harshness of this life. I remember as a child, I, and still as an adult, I cannot wrap my mind around why we have things like wars and like all of these things that happen in the world i just don't understand it and i didn't necessarily bring the feeling of love with me i would love to say that i did but i i didn't i actually felt very empty and very like desperate like you said trying to understand why can't i feel this bliss again and so for the majority of my life like as a child a teenager and a young adult I was, it was more selfish, I would say about, I'm trying to seek this divine bliss because I wanted to feel it again. I wanted to feel good. I didn't want to feel the pain and the suffering. And I was raised in the Christian faith. So I was taught about God from a Christian perspective. And so I assumed from an early age that this must be God that I was not necessarily remembering because I didn't understand that I had a pre-birth memory, but I just thought I must be having this, as they say in the Christian faith, they'll say everybody has a God-shaped hole in their heart. And I said, that must be what this is. And that must be why I have this desperate longing to feel this bliss again. I somehow just understand this. And I thought everybody else did too. And so I spent most of my life seeking for this divine connection within the Christian faith. And it, I never found what I was looking for in the Christian faith. So I became very disillusioned with it at a certain point as an adult and began thinking, I must have just made this whole thing up. There's no point to this because I, I searched and I searched and I searched for so many years and I could never feel that bliss. About the time I was 29 years old, I discovered near-death experience accounts online. And I was really at a breaking point in my life where I, I guess life had broken me down enough that I was willing to consider a perspective outside of the Christian faith that I had been raised in. And when I read Kimberly Clark Sharp's near-death experience account, and it was exactly what I remembered, and then I started running into people who had had pre-birth memories. I finally understood what had happened to me. I finally understood that I was having memories from the other side that had happened before my birth and that I was experiencing the same light and love that the near-death experiencers talk about. 
I very quickly deconstructed my Christian faith within a matter of months. The deconstruction itself was very painless for me because I was I had finally found the answers that I was looking for. And so it was easy for me to let go of that. And at that point in my life, I felt very alone in my beliefs because I was still surrounded by Christian community, which is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Most of the Christians in my life are beautiful people and I respect their faith. But it's always hard when you're leaving a, a, a faith that can be dogmatic when everybody in your life believes that you're on the wrong track and nobody really wants to, is really interested in hearing what you have to say and how you came to that place in your journey. I just felt like I need to talk about this. There's no way I can just continue to hold all of this amazing knowledge that I've learned inside me. And so that's when I went to YouTube and I started making some videos. I think one of the first videos I put out there was about my pre-birth experiences because I thought there has to be someone out there who's had a similar experience or who at least wants to talk about this with me. And as it turns out, there was a lot of people. And so it really grew pretty quickly. And we've discovered like you and I and other people who are doing these interviews now have almost, it feels like, like been at the forefront of this wave of people who are becoming aware and awake and looking for this type of information. And I say that because when I first started doing this back in 2019, 2018, I think is when I first started there there definitely wasn't as much information out there about this on the internet. There was a, f a few like really well-known near-death experiencers and a few people who were, were doing near-death experience interviews, but weren't, weren't getting like a lot of traction. And then it really exploded over the last few years. So anyway, I'm kind of going off topic. So I'll stop there. I love listening to you, and especially because I, I uh, I'm sort of doing the same, you mm -hmm. know, I've, uh, observed the same, like in the beginning, because I've been doing this for a very long time. It makes me feel quite old, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm still doing it. Uh, I'm amazed, but uh, yeah, it's my favorite thing. Uh, yeah, I remember Anita Muriani, you know, Doctor Eben yes. Alexander neurosurgeon they got a lot of traction and attention and all of a sudden so many people have near-death experiences so uh which is amazing because it does share uh human experiences from another level like stories that haven't come forward that needs to come forward uh, i got curious however like have you had the thought sometimes that okay there's so much out there but you know like like with everything, we have good and bad. We have people with good intentions. We have people with bad intentions. And some want publicity and others are real authentic. Like, how do you differentiate when you are interviewing people who sort of are the real deal coming from the heart and not the ego wanting to, you know, have publicity, but wanting to actually share a story? Yeah, I've definitely um, notice the same thing. Like you said in the beginning, there's just a few stories and it's obvious that they were authentic because people would get so much pushback from putting their story out there. But now, like you said, the good and bad side of everything, the good thing is that we can talk about these things and share these profound spiritual experiences with a lot less judgment from the public than we could in the beginning. But at the same time, it, it creates an opportunity for people who just want to get publicity or make money or build a platform. And it can be a lot more difficult to tell the difference. For myself, I tend to be drawn to people who just have a story to share. And I don't have a foolproof way of telling. I mean, one thing that I will usually do is go look at people's what they're offering. And if it's a really exorbitant price, then that puts up some red flags. Or if they email me and they're leading with these, these are my books and these are my services. And these are my, you know, like the focus is all on the ways that they can make money rather than on the story. And I understand everyone has to make money. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And there's nothing wrong with that. But those are just a couple of red flags I look for. But my favorite people to interview are the people who just have a story to share, um, who may not be the biggest name people out there, but just somebody who wants to share a story and doesn't really have a whole lot to gain from it. Those tend to be the most authentic stories, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I uh, interviewed um, Christian Sundberg that I know you yes. know very well. And yes. I remember like while I was interviewing him, I just had goosebumps and I, I felt things in my body. And it just felt like so important and profound for me. Uh, it's, it was sort of like a mystical experience right there. It just felt like the, mo the like a deep happiness mm -hmm. uh, arose in me just hearing about it. Uh, so... Yeah, like it doesn't always like touches me so deeply, but uh, it, it is powerful stuff. And I, along with that, I'm curious, like what interview has sort of stunned you the most and changed you the most? Oh, that's such a good question. And it? it's going to be really hard for me to narrow it down. Christian Sundberg is definitely up there. Let's see. Well, I would have to say, my first interview that I did, Howard Storm, I mean, he's one of the more well-known near-death experiencers, but I discovered him when I was still coming out of the Christian faith, and the answers that he gave were just exactly what I needed to hear. And so I think his story will probably always be my favorite. Now, as an interviewer, I'm curious to hear you as an interviewer's perspective on different teachings and even your own experiences. So do you sometimes come across different like directions and teachings that are contradictive? And what is your take on that? Is it sometimes you feel like, oh, this is not resonating or that do you feel like that you believe in certain things that you would like to share with your audience and sometimes you interview somebody who contradicts that, mm -hmm. like that is always like an interesting um, thing to meet. <laughs> yes, I love that question. And I'm sure you know all about that, being an interviewer yourself. Yes, I do. There are certain topics where I'll ask different guests the same question and they'll give a different answer. For instance, one that comes to mind is, Everybody wants to know about the reincarnation soul trap, which is, mm. and some people will say, no, that's completely impossible. And in the benevolent universe that we live in and other people will say, yes, there, there used to be one and then it was dismantled. And other people will say, oh yes, there absolutely is one. Don't go to the light when you die because you'll be reincarnated. And the whole thing, it's like such a fear-based and confusing topic for people. I don't even really like getting into it. But I think that I, I heard somebody explain this, and I don't even remember what it was, but they said that anything that we can imagine or put energy towards creating will exist in some form in the universe. So that if you believe that there's a soul trap, then you could create that reality for yourself. And I think that kind of helps to explain why there can be contradicting things sometimes because the universe is infinite and vast and so many different, like even with parallel realities, different things could exist for different people. It's so, It like really bends your mind though. 
It does. And I think we're trying to categorize things. And it's really hard because uh, I think exactly what you're saying, if we can think it, mm-hmm. it exists. And that's a scary thought as well. And then I'm like, okay, I don't want to think about that. And what what if that is possible? And what if that is possible? And you can go, go crazy thinking like that. So, uh, But it does make sense that the universe encompasses everything. Uh, But I did hear that you said in another interview that it's all about love. And I always come back to that. Mm -hmm. Like the details are not so important, but that most important thing for me is that this is a love-based universe. Don't you agree? Absolutely agree. Yeah. So you had a near-death-like experience, Mm -hmm. not or death experience, but like experience. That's like a new expression for me uh, lately. Would you like to share what that was about and what happened? Yes, yes, I would love to. So earlier I mentioned that I had been raised in the Christian faith and that I didn't understand what my pre-birth memories were. And I spent my life just chasing supernatural experiences and trying to figure out how to connect with this divine bliss that I remembered. And so from within the context of my Christian faith, um, the terminology that we would put on that would be experiencing God's presence. And so I prayed every night when I went to bed to experience God's presence. And I knew that if I could have that experience, that all the pain and suffering of this earthly life would just be wiped away in an instant because I remembered what that felt like. And so for many years, I prayed this prayer and nothing happened. And I can't explain why something finally happened when it did, aside from the fact that I joke that maybe God just just decided that I needed a little help to stay on track. Like, let's just give her a little glimpse of this so she can get focused back on what she's supposed to be doing. But anyway, whatever the reason, I was about 18 or 19 years old and I was laying in my bed. I was fully awake and my eyes were closed and I was praying my usual prayer to experience God's presence. And suddenly I was in another reality my experience uh, breaks down into two phases. So in the first phase, I still perceived myself to be in my body, in my bed, in my room. But it was like I was in another dimension because I felt as if I was floating in an ocean of love and I felt waves of love washing over me from my feet up to my head and they were washing over me and through me. And when they washed through me, I felt the same unconditional love and bliss and perfect peace from my pre-birth memories. And I felt as if I was floating in a force field of very intensely personal love. And I recognized this being of love as what I had been taught to call God in my earthly life. And I also recognized that I had known this being before my earthly life. And I said to it kind of sarcastically and jokingly, I said, I've been looking for you my entire life and you are finally here. Where have you been for my entire life? And I didn't really get an answer to that, but I just remember like floating in this force field of very powerful and personal love and feeling like I don't ever need to go back to my life on earth. I'll just stay here forever and I'll be perfectly happy. And it felt as if I was being held in my father's arms and nurtured in my mother's womb at the same time. I definitely experienced the masculine and the feminine sides of the divine. And I felt like, I remember thinking this love is like all the loves that you could experience in the world. Father, mother, sister, brother, parent, child, best friend, lover, pet, everything all rolled into one and multiplied by a million. And I just felt like I was falling back into the infinite heart of the universe. And I realized 
how what I had been taught in the church about how most people are going to be thrown into hell forever and be eternally lost, how silly and ridiculous that was in the face of this love that was the size of the multiverse and every ounce of it was aware. There's absolutely no way that somebody could fall into the cracks and be forgotten. There's absolutely no way that anybody could be eternally lost. So I had this revelation. And then after that, I moved into the second phase of the experience in which I, my consciousness began to expand out of my body. And I found myself somewhere up above the universe, looking down on the earth. And this is where, again, it gets hard to describe simply because time was different. So it's like there was these multiple things happening at the same time. So I'm going to describe it one way, and then I'll backtrack and describe it another way so I can try to cover everything that happened. So on the one hand, it was like I was expanding. I realized that I could have any question answered that I wanted answered. And as I was asking questions, I was receiving the answers and my consciousness continued to expand and expand and expand. So I would ask a question, I would think the question in my mind, and I would receive the answer to that question and how the answer to that question fit together with everything else in the universe. And then that it's like I was receiving downloads of information straight into my consciousness. There was no words. It was just like this massive download of information all at once. So I would get this download. I would, my consciousness would expand to accommodate it. And I would suddenly know all of these things, which would stimulate more questions. So I would ask like five more questions and get five more downloads. And this was all happening so fast. It was expanding. I felt like I was expanding at the speed of light. Another way that I can describe this expansion is that I was expanding through dimensional awareness. So we have three spatial dimensions here. The first dimension being um, a line, I believe. Yeah. And then the second dimension being a plane, the third dimension being a cube. And every time you go up in dimensional awareness, there's so much more space that's available to contain information. And so that's what it felt like, except I was expanding up through the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh dimensions. And I don't remember how high I went, but I remember like breaking through this barrier multiple times. And every time I did, the freedom that I felt, I can't describe what that felt like. I felt so free and expansive and like, oh, wow, there's this whole other dimension to me. And within this dimension is contained so much information that we can't fit into our three-dimensional brains. So it was a very liberating experience. And when I arrived at the top or the most expanded state that I could be in, I felt like the entire universe was happening within me and it was all one great awareness. I was this one great awareness that encompassed everything. So now I'll go back and I'll share what I, what the things I remember that I was shown. I, most of what I was shown in that state was impossible for me to take back with me. It was like these really complicated mathematical and logical and musical and geometrical formulas that explained why everything the way is the way that it is and why we have to suffer and why, why, why all of the answers to all of our questions about why everything is the way that it is down here. And from that perspective, it made perfect sense, but it was way too expansive for us to fit into our brains. But there are a couple of things that I do remember. I remember looking down on the earth and seeing that it was made completely of brilliant light. Everything in existence is made of the same brilliant light that I remember from my pre-birth memories. We are all one being, what the Christians call God, and what other people of the world have many different names for, source, universe, creator, whatever word you're comfortable with. It's all one thing. 
And this one thing is brilliant light and unconditional love. And that's what we're all made of. And I saw that all the earth, like not just in a spiritual dimension, but in the physical dimension is literally made of this light. Our bodies are made of this light as well as our souls. And I saw, now keep in mind at the time, I was a Christian teenager that was just living in a lot of guilt and shame and condemnation and like really empty and desperately seeking for fulfillment. I saw that most of the things that I had been taught in the church were wrong and that we are all made of this unconditional love that we're seeking and that it's impossible for us to get away from it even if we tried. And from God's perspective, we're just like toddlers stumbling around learning to walk. There's, and I was told this specifically word for word. I was told, you have nothing to feel guilty for. You have nothing to feel ashamed of. You have nothing to feel afraid of. There's no judgment waiting for you. It's impossible for anyone to be eternally lost. Your life is proceeding exactly as it is supposed to, and we are cheering you on and guiding you every step of the way. And I cannot express how liberating it was in that moment to it was like waking up out of a nightmare and realizing this whole thing was a dream this whole thing was a play i was acting out that isn't really me and i'm not alone and i didn't make any mistakes in the sense of like from our perspective we make mistakes down here but all of that is accounted for within the greater plan and I haven't messed anything up. God isn't angry at me. No one's waiting to throw me into hell. Nobody's judging me. I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, mistakes included. So that was one thing I saw. And then the other thing I saw is when I was at the most expanded state, I looked down and I saw this beautiful, multidimensional, colorful pattern. And I was told this is the cosmic master plan of God. And I was shown that there's one great plan that encompasses everything. And it is big enough to encompass all of our mistakes, all of our free will choices. Hmm. It shifts and it moves around us as we're making choices. And it brings everything back into the center of love. And everything will ultimately one day be reunited with love. That's what I was shown. Another thing that I saw when I got to my most expanded state is I saw the key to life. And I do not remember what that was. Oh. I remember laughing and thinking, it's so simple. And we make things so complicated down here. As soon as I saw the key to life, I began contracting back into my body. And I remember feeling like I was floating back into my body on the music of the spheres, which I could hear very clearly. And I also remember feeling like information is losing my consciousness, like going out of my consciousness, like a balloon losing air. And then I contracted, contracted and contracted and came back in and most of the information that I had seen in that experience faded away, but I still felt that force field of love with me until I fell asleep. When I woke up in the morning, that was also gone, but I felt a warm glow around my body for a couple of days, and then eventually that faded away as well. My, oh my, what a profound experience with so much knowledge about the universe also in that experience like you really got a full and rich answer and experience to your prayers uh yeah and i'm fascinated by prayers because to me i've i've sort of connected that with religion so i stopped praying for many years and it was just a few years ago where i started to pray mm -hmm. again uh, because uh, within spiritual communities, a lot of people spoke about that. No, you know, 
it shouldn't be like I'm praying to something else because I'm lesser than. That was sort of the notion that I am, you know, we're all our God, so why would I pray? Uh, but still, to me, it seems like it works to pray. And um, when you look at it a bit differently, like you could even pray to yourself in a way, like not from a place of lack, but also from a place of uh, this is what I want to create sort of from an empowered uh, place. But I, I find it interesting that I've heard so many people say that they pray again and again and again. And it might take many years, but all of a sudden <laughs> the prayer is answered. <laughs> and so fully. I love that. Oh, yeah, I really resonate with what you said. I think a lot of people coming out of religion can tend to have that reaction like, what what use does prayer really have for me anymore? And that's fine. If 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 prayer doesn't resonate with someone, that's okay. There's many ways to have a divine connection. But I think that prayer can also, it doesn't necessarily have to be something worshipful in the sense of I'm subservient and I'm praying to this powerful being to save me, but it simply can just be communication because we all have a team. We have a team of angels or guides or whatever you want to call them that are helping us. And prayer can simply be a way of communicating. Can you give me guidance? Can you give me some insight into this situation? And then they can work with that and figure out what's the best way. Because we're limited here in our perspective. Yes, we're powerful spiritual beings, but we're having a limited experience. And I think it's okay to ask for help. Right, that makes sense. And you mentioned uh, somewhere in your story that um, you were not on purpose or something like that, or something about purpose. Do you feel that this is your purpose with your YouTube channel and doing doing these interviews that you're actually on purpose now? Mm, that's a very interesting question. And I would have to say that I think I would love to think so. I would love to think, yes, I'm on purpose. I'm fulfilling my mission. But I almost feel like for me anyway, that might be more of an ego-based thing to think I have this role and I'm and look at the good I'm doing in the world. Not that it would be that way for everyone, but for me, I it would feel more that way to think I have this purpose to be out there in front of hundreds of thousands of people like it could easily turn into an ego thing and i think maybe for myself my purpose is more about like the internal spiritual work like loving developing love and being kind or um, alchemizing heavy emotions. That's something I've had to do a lot of is really alchemizing a lot of heavy, fearful, anxiety-based emotions. And, and I feel like when we do that, we make it easier for other people to tap into a higher state of consciousness as well. So I, th I honestly think for myself, those are the things that are more my purpose, so to speak. And then anything else that I choose to create on top of that can can only be a good thing, right? Mm. I identified with you when you talked about anxiety and um, being fearful, because I actually have noticed that with myself, like I haven't been that aware of it before actually I started dating uh, my current boyfriend uh, and like seeing myself more in a relationship because I've been single for so long. Uh, I see that I'm quite anxious and, and, and mm. fearful and uh, that that's, also part of why I'm doing these interviews. Like, you know, there's, we're, we're all audience and <laughs> like uh, the, the disclosure, yeah. um, disclosing all these layers uh, and that it brings me peace and healing mm -hmm. and uh, it soothes me to hear, you know, profound experiences like yours, like that we're not alone, that I did plan this. And just for me hearing it again and again, actually does something to my nervous system. I calm oh, down, which is quite interesting. I've understood that now. Anywho, uh, I wanted just to ask you a little bit about your your show. Like, uh, where do you feel your show is going? What is your intention with your show? Like, 
how do you work? Is it like you just let yourself be inspired or do you have sort of like an intention where this work is going? Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for asking me. I feel like my, well, my channel's gone through several evolutions because when I first started it, it was more of a deconstruction channel and that really does not resonate with me anymore. And then I've been doing near-death experience interviews for a couple of years now, and I really love that. But I really feel called to continue in interviewing people who have had profound spiritual experiences, but maybe more with an emphasis on embodiment and what mm -hmm. does that really mean for our life here? Because this is where we're at now. And how can we embody those lofty spiritual messages and bring it down to earth and create a more beautiful world. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. And that is important. I find that important too, because I found myself being a bit lost in the lofty things sometimes, mm. the angels and everything. And and then it's like how to use this, how to implement right. this. Like it's still hard to be a human. I'm still fearful, you know, all these things. Yes. Yeah. So Melissa, this has been a pure joy and I just felt so inspired and calm. Uh, I have three questions that I ask all my guests. And the first one okay. is what is self-love to you? Oh, that's, that's such a good question. That's been a huge theme in my life, but I'll try to keep it brief. I would say that self-love means uh, understanding both myself and other people as being equal expressions of the creator. So not putting myself above or beneath anyone. Sometimes that means setting boundaries, but sometimes it also means being willing to sacrifice for another person, depending on the situation. Mm. And what is happiness to you? Happiness is divine bliss. Connection with divine bliss. I guess that's what it's always been. And what is the deeper meaning of life from your perspective? The meaning of life is so simple. It's to love. It's the smallest acts of love and kindness although we can't always see it, are the most powerful. Oh, beautiful. And where can people find you? You can find me at my YouTube channel, Love Covered Life Podcast. And I also have a website, lovecoveredlife.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Melissa Denise, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-D-E-N-Y-C-E. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming to the show. And I uh, just wish you all the best with all your interviews and your own spiritual journey. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved both of our conversations that we've done. You're so easy to talk to and I love your energy. Okay. I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you 
you want to become more who you are and live in alignment with your soul's purpose and explore a deeper meaning with your life, then you are most welcome to join Wisdom from North membership. If you want to go deeper, you can find all our English online courses and programs at wisdomfromnorth.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube just by searching for Wisdom from North. Until the next episode, much light from here.